Right. Yes. I didn't write any notes for this because I was lazy. Same. Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. So I moved into a apartment now. I'm in a place and like set up and stuff. And this is actually like the first time that I have had any of my monitors at any semblance of the ergonomically correct position. Right now, if I look straight ahead, I see the top of my large monitor, and it's so nice, but so weird. Also, I'm recording this standing up, and I hope that that goes all right. (laughs) Zach's going to fall down halfway through the show. Basically. (laughs) I have a lot of trouble, actually. I I cannot be comfortable in any ergonomically correct position. I am so much more comfortable slouched over with my with a keyboard like way too far away or too close or too far down or too far up. Mm-hmm. I like to look down at the computer screen. I don't like to look straight ahead. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a very strange experience to look. So yeah, like I, forward. And I just I know it's gonna bite me later in life. It's I'm gonna look back and say, "Wow, I wish I spent a lot less time uh, hunched over a over a laptop and more time looking at a monitor straight ahead because my back hurts." Mm-hmm. Uh, for the brief period of time when I did yoga, my yoga instructor always said, like, basically just that Western culture gets you so used to the bad way that it hurts for a while to go back to the good way. That, like, sitting and slouching in a chair is not, like, the thing that human bodies are made to do. And really, human bodies are not made to live past 25 or whatever. <laughs> Our knees give out instantly. Um, basically, we're just messes of evolution, but... um. I think you just need to, like, stretch yep, it out and stick start it out. getting yourself used to the right way to do things. Hmm. Alternatively, I think maybe what you need is just to buy more things, like get a nicer chair and a better desk riser and that kind of thing. As always, <laughs> the thing you need is more tools. Mm-hmm. More, better tools. Uh, don't learn how to use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... For later, yep. after I've gotten, like, the instruction reading tools. Yeah, I'm going to put my monitor so far away that I'll need glasses, and those will be my instruction reading tools. If I was going to read those instructions, yeah, I would want them to be very clear. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be guessing, based on context, yeah. what these instructions mean. You don't want, like, poetry in your instructions. You want numbers. Right. And there are already a lot of versions of, like, the completely logical language that doesn't use context as a crutch. Mm-hmm. But I don't hear a lot about the opposite. Languages that are exclusively context? Yes. So sometimes, sometimes, the goal of a language is to communicate ideas. Okay. For that, logical languages are great. I can tell yeah. you what I want. Uh, I can tell you how to do it. Uh, you can tell me to heck off because you don't want to do it. And you can say it like and say, I am angry, heck off yes. with your words. But language is also used for the arts, mm-hmm. which logical languages are terrible at. Okay, yeah. And so if I was going to design a language, I think that I would love to be able to make one that is a fun language, one that has double entendres ah, and puns okay. galore. An artsy language. Yep. I want a language that can make it easier for poets that... uh, I want people to be able to create poetry without having to go to school for it, right? Mm -hmm. It's art, it's fun, and I think that would be a cool thing. Hmm. From what I've heard, the best language we have right now for that is Russian. Mm. Uh, And that's what... So, like, Russian poets are really, really lauded in a way that they aren't as much in America. It's just because... I think sentence structure is even more loose in Russian than it is in American. And wow. <laughs> huh. Wow. That's not right. Uh, even more loose than it is in English. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be fun to have 15 different ways to say the same thing mm-hmm. um, and 15 different things that that thing could mean that you said. Hmm. And I think um, Japanese also has a lot of poetry, like it's known for the haiku. Mm-hmm. So maybe you need to like, smash together russian and japanese and use that as a starting block yeah i i don't actually think i was planning on doing this but i think it would be fun to do it mm-hmm. do you are you intending to write poetry in english and that's what made you think about it uh no i was thinking that i 
sometimes wish that I could write poetry well, but uh, alas, I haven't taken the time to learn. All right, yeah. And I wouldn't want to write poetry about anything in particular. I would just want to write and include a bunch of double entendres and puns. Do you have any gen eds you need to fill? (laughs) Plenty, unfortunately. We also talked about languages with the designed languages being more logical and precise or having character languages. So would this be a character language, do you think, or would it be a phonetic language? Um, hmm. I'm trying to figure out uh, which would be more likely to look like other things. Hmm, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was following and then I was not following. For a more context-based language. Yeah. How many, not even homonyms, like they're spelled exactly the same, but spelled similar or sound similar? So hama anything. Yes. So does that occur more often with character languages or phonetic languages? I suppose it would be more in character languages because phonetic languages are more precise. Like you couldn't have a pun in a phonetic language that well in a perfectly phonetic language. Like we were talking about having, basically having the IPA symbols encoded in your language. Mm-hmm. It could still sound similar, right? It it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need mm. to be precisely the same word for, so, for a pun to work. So they wouldn't look the same. Like right now, if I wanted to make a joke about pen and pun, mm-hmm. you could look at it and notice the difference. But with this language, they might look very different, but still sound the same. Or look the same and sound different. It's, or look similar and sound different. So I'm trying to figure out if that's more likely to happen naturally, that is, in phonetic or character languages. My guess would be character languages, but I don't have any evidence of that. I think if you had a complicated enough language, you would have symbols that would have to cram a lot of lines and curves into a small space. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then it is likely that two unrelated things would look similar. Hmm, okay, yeah. As much as you can, as much as makes sense, as much as you can possibly do without context, or using context, I should say, combine the symbols. So in Japanese, you might say, I love dogs, and I love and dogs might be two separate characters. I'm not entirely sure if that's the case. I assume it is something like that, though. But I love dogs could be its own character if you combine the love and dogs into one symbol and rely on uh, context for the fact that it's you and not someone else and present and not past tense or in the future. Mm -hmm. And if you have enough of something like that, it's bound to look like something else, even if it's off by one line or um, in the same general shape. Mm -hmm. And that way you can make a pun. That wouldn't make sense in English, but might make sense in this new language. And that would be a visual pun. Yes. You could have visual Uh, puns as well as phonetic puns. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah, I think that would be better to have the visual and the phonetic puns available to you. Mm -hmm. And that symbol, just again, by odds, might have a separate meaning entirely in a different context. So I love dogs might accidentally be the same as the dragon flies north. Oh, then you want French. (laughs) French, everything is an innuendo if you take away the article. Okay. Like if you say cat instead of the cat or whatever, it's an innuendo. (laughs) Okay. So So a little bit of French too. We're going to combine Russian, French, and Japanese. Yeah. And just throw away all the rules. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got distracted halfway through you explaining that because I was thinking about how in English, the default way that a sentence reads, if you don't add a lot of stuff to it, is as a command. Mm. Love dogs is me telling you that you should love dogs. That's a, a byproduct of Latin. A Latin sentence doesn't make sense without that article, unless it's in mm-hmm. second person. Gotcha. So you can't... Con- okay. You can't... Uh, I mean, you could. It, it would be just be incorrect if you did it any other way. Interesting. So would you... You would want to be able to combine more things because then they would look like other things. Right. Yeah. If you can cram a whole novel into one symbol, that would be perfect. Incomprehensible? Entirely. Unless you have enough context. Ah, okay. So it's like, then you could have poetry like the the M with three humps. Yeah. (laughs) 
So if you were to have a whole story like that, a whole play crammed into like 10 symbols and rely completely on context, mm-hmm. you could have uh, infinite adaptions of the same story. Just like Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yep. You want you want the language that allows for the most Nomeo and Juliet like creations. Okay, I I'm backtracking. I don't want this language. I want the opposite of that. No one should ever rely on context ever. So speaking of context, I think you poisoned the next segment for me by giving me too much context. Uh, okay, well, what I sent you, <laughs> I don't think so, but we'll see. Uh, what I sent you was a link to the typography subreddit mm-hmm. and a, a poster, more, a poster, uh, and for the Yale School of Architecture. And I said, "Do you like this?" Question mark. Right. And so I think the the place that you made an error is that you told me what I was going to be reading before I opened it. I mean, I didn't do that. I just yeah you you typed oh no you didn't do that you're right it was the it's the URL so you should have just sent me the image without the right. the reddit right. around it okay so this will be in the show notes go take a look at it basically it's a poster for 2014 for uh the presentation schedule at the Yale School of Architecture it's fairly controversial in the typography subreddit definitely much more leaning towards this is completely illegible and i don't like it Mm -hmm. so but i have to so i'm just gonna ask you zach what do you think of it i i think it serves its purpose i don't think its goal is to get you to apply for the yale school of architecture its goal is to get people who already go to school at yale Sorry, I open their website and they have a bunch of distracting animations. Um, people who already go to school at Yale to attend some of these guest lectures at the School of Architecture. Hmm. And I think in that purpose, it does very well. Because you could see this from across the student union or whatever, stuck to a poster board, and you see the big, dark, heavy lines, and you think that must be something interesting. It must be significant. Right. And then you would go there to check it out. Okay. I'm tempted to agree with you. Uh, however, mm-hmm. I, I I I like it for different reasons. My utilitarian side is screaming because you can't re- you can't read it. It's just if you know what you're already supposed to be reading, you can read it. I can't. I I see Yale, but and then there's A R, and that might be an O, and then an H. That's a C. Oh, it is a C. Okay, so. Yale, A-R-C-H. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now, actually. <laughs> I think it's bad because you can't read it. But I really, really like it in a general sense. It makes some part of my brain happy when I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a good, pleasing sign. Objectively beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to hear what our listeners think about this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can imagine some... We'll, we'll get some very strong opinions, but... I also would like to draw your attention to, on the bottom, right next to the H, there's a little circle with that same Y from the top. And so it seems like that's the official logo of this program, or the official symbol or something, is Mm -hmm. that very stylized Y. Which makes sense for the architecture building, if you're looking at it on its own, because it looks like a bunch of rectangular buildings put next to each other, Mm -hmm. in the form of a Y. So I think if you were like extrapolating an entire typeface out of that initial y mm-hmm. symbol that that makes sense to be that typeface okay what about the c then because or maybe the r as well but mm-hmm. it everything in the yale part of it is straight lines yep and in the r there's a curvy one or two curvy ones and then the c is almost entirely curvy ones mm-hmm. they don't look like they don't fit the typeface no, they don't, but it, it does break the pattern. Right. The not very well established pattern, to be honest, but yeah. I, I, it might have been necessary, but I would have liked to see a different version with entirely hard lines or not. Mm-hmm. Because there are, there are curves in the Y as well, but not at the important parts. Yeah. All right, so let us know, listeners. So I finally worked up the courage after um, my gubernatorial interests last fortnight, and I emailed Tammy Baldwin, the sponsor of the 
Dairy Pride Act, uh, which is the defense against imitations relating to... Nope, it always falls apart at the R. I never remember what that means. Hmm. Well, in any case, I wanted to know what she thought about the recent FDA decision to re-analyze uh, the standards of identity and see what she had to say about a couple things. Like I mentioned that a lot of people were saying that the renewal of the standards of identity would be good for dairy businesses, and I said, I don't see how that works. And to that, she actually didn't respond, so I take that as her saying she doesn't stand by that statement, that it's going to directly support the harmed businesses. Mm. Uh, but Stephen, I think I sent it to you. Okay, I will put on my audiobook voice. <clears> Hem. <throat> Forwarded from Tammy Baldwin. Oh, this is NPR voice. Uh, should I do NPR voice or audiobook voice? NPR voice is good. Okay. Forwarded from Tammy Baldwin. Dear Mr. Sharp, thank you for contacting me to share your thoughts on the Dairy Pride Act. It is good to hear from you. In January 2017, I introduced the Defending Against Imitations and Replacements in Yogurt, Milk, and Cheese to provide regular intake of dairy every day. Can I uh, make a correction? Sure. I don't want to do the live reading. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me just read through this quick. Are people using algae to Apparently, that's what she said. I'll look it up. Algae. Milk. Yep, Shape Magazine. It's a new prototype as of... Wow, there's no date on this article. Thanks. I read most of it. Okay. It seems like a pretty standard governmental response. Nothing... It's good that a response was given. And she did actually provide some answers to some questions that I had. Um, Like, her reasoning seems to be a lot more of dairy has put in all of the work to bully the government into making us part of the food pyramid, and almond milk hasn't. So when people think, oh, I'm getting calcium because the FDA said that I needed that because the dairy industry bullied them into saying that. um, You know, I just recently re-listened to our most previous episode before mm -hmm. this for just to make sure we weren't missing any follow-up. I I do want to know your follow-up eventually about uh, your dreamsicle experience that you definitely remembered. But yep. uh, (laughs) But you, you said something along the lines of the reason that you think that the definition of milk should be expanded to fit uh, almond milk, algae milk, etc., mm-hmm. is, or at least one of the reasons is that you want to know whether or not you're getting the same nutritional benefits that you would be getting if you were drinking a... Did I say nutritional benefits? The thing I, I think I said was if I can replace it, as in like if I can use this to cook, if I can use oat yogurt to cook in the same place as I would use normal mm. yogurt, which is maybe not what I said. I don't said. think so, Zach. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost certain that you said nutritional benefits. Dang, that was a hell of a slip. Okay, well, Zach is retracting that. Yeah. Then. Okay. Well, in that case, then I, I have nothing to say, and your argument may, may makes sense. However, um, it does make a lot more sense for Tammy Baldwin to support this bill than not. Yes, for sure. I think. For her, at least. And I think, I think it is reasonable to say that people have come to expect certain levels of nutrition. Like, she specifically listed, like, almond milk doesn't have these same nutritional benefits as normal, like, low-fat milk does. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it does make sense to explain that and to have some expectation that what you call milk is going to be the benefits that the food pyramid says you'll get from dairy. If we assume that the food pyramid is at all correct, which it almost certainly mm-hmm. isn't, then could we not expand the definition of milk not to almond milk, not to include uh, things made from things that are not dairy, but to things with the same nutritional benefits of dairy products? Yes, I would be perfectly down for that. That is, I think, the best of both worlds. That you're not defining it arbitrarily by like, oh, it's this kind of mammal. Mm -hmm. But you also are still keeping keeping people's expectations pretty standard. Right, right. So if an almond milk producer found a way to... Actually, you know, something else, Zach, that you said last podcast was that uh, some of these restrictions already have nutritional benefit uh, qualifiers. Yes. Yeah, that some things are made more unhealthy so they can fit the standards of identity. 
aren't we risking that in general if we make it based on nutritional benefits? Hmm. Yeah. Or nutritional um, qualifiers in general, not benefits necessarily. That makes sense. So then a wider thing, because what we were told, at least when we took agriculture and whatever grade, is that you need milk for the calcium and for the added whatever vitamin and that kind of thing. And to get some good fats into your system, but you could... I have problems with the food pyramid, I suppose, is what I'm trying to get out. Um, (laughs) But in any case, maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know where you define those standards unless it's a consistency kind of thing, like an actual how dense is the product consistency. Right, because you wanted almond milk but not orange juice to be included in the milk category. Right. So it's, it's looking like a compromise is difficult. Because there aren't only just two sides to this issue. Mm -hmm. There's dairy conglomerates that definitely don't want any sort of non-animal product called milk. Because it's bad for business for them. And they put a lot of work in to become this thing that is a staple of an American diet. There's also people who... Well, there are almond milk producers as well who are basically the opposite of that. Where they would like to feed off of the milk name because it is something that people know and trust. Mm-hmm. And there there are people like you, Zach, who want almond milk to be called almond milk, not because it matters to them. You're going to buy almond milk no matter what it's called, but you don't want your favorite almond milk producers to go out of business because they can't call it milk. Right. Then there are other people that Tammy Baldwin mentions that are concerned about calling something milk even though it doesn't have the same nutritional benefits as milk. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of sides to things. Yeah. And I'm sure there are more. Uh, advertising agencies, perhaps, mm-hmm. would love if you couldn't call it milk, most likely, because if almond milk doesn't know what to advertise itself as, then they'll go to them. Yeah. Plus, the Got Milk campaign is so powerful, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't work if you're like, got milk, and they're like, yep, I got some almond milk right here. Then the the dairy advertisers are out of business because the dairy's out of business because you've got almond milk. What about the people who get the algae from the lakes? They'll go out of business if no one's buying the algae yeah. milk. A lot, of, a lot of concerns, a lot of different taxpayer concerns to be wary of. Okay, so Zach, in a perfect world, in your perfect world, Bef- I should Before say. we go to this ideal situation, I have one more thing that I just thought of that I would like to raise. Okay. Goat milk doesn't have the same nutritional value as cow's milk. Uh, so just legacy is the real reason that we can call things milk. Right. I think I'm going to email Tammy back. We'll see if we get some follow-up. And I'm going to see what she says about goat milk and how it relates to... Well, I mean, goat milk is milk. It's the in the most basic form of the right. word. It is the thing that the newborns eat when when they can't eat grass or whatever. If it's about hooved animals, then it's not about nutrition. Right, but that doesn't help your case at all. It's just saying that their case doesn't make sense, which uh, admittedly is a big thing in politics to say. Mm -hmm. However, it's not uh, rhetorically correct and usually doesn't convince anyone to calling them stupid. Fair. But it's something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. I think that you can find a way to use it for your argument, but just saying, hey, what about goat milk isn't going to work. But goats. But goats. Just hold up a sign. (laughs) It says, but goats. So speaking of all of these different forces that you need to keep in mind when you're trying to make a decision in government, another one that Tammy Baldwin will have to keep in mind when she's making her decision about milk is the Space Force. Uh, Let me just preface all this by saying I know basically nothing about what's happening with Space Force other than that President Trump said that there should be a Space Force. That's about the level I'm at, too. Okay. So, in true worrying bug style, let's not talk about any uh, actual issues with this, but let's talk about the logos. So, the these are linked in the show notes. We've got six different logos. Do you want to go through them? Try and describe sure. them? So, this first one is like NASA, but red, and instead of saying NASA, it says Space Force. Right. I call that the NASA logo. Yep, we're going to call that the NASA logo. Hey, Zach, before we get too into this, I need you to answer a question uh-huh. for me. What about taking away the crossbar on an A makes it look like space? Oh, man. The only one that has crossbars in the A is the last one, and it doesn't look very spacey, does it? What the heck? (laughs) 
All the space fonts don't have crossbars on the A. Because it's an arrow upwards. Yeah, I guess. No, you're right. And now I'm just realizing that it's really convenient that it's the arrow upwards right in the middle so they can draw something moving through that arrow upwards. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so there's the NASA logo. Um, there, the next one is like a blue ellipse surrounded by, by a lighter blue ellipse and then a smaller white ellipse in the middle uh, going through like a cluster of stars in like your standard pentagonal star mm-hmm. shape. And then space force, because some of the letters are bigger than the other ones. Not a fan of the typography? No, I don't like the typography. And then there's a rocket. Um, The fire coming out of the rocket is uh, transparent in the middle, and it shows both of the different blues. I'm pretty sure it's like the fire insignia from a fire extinguisher warning label. I call this the Adobe Illustrator logo. Ah, yes. The the white ellipse goes through the C, Zach. Yep. Why? It's awful. This is a yeah, really bad like logo. Uh, okay, so this next one. Uh, okay, so like a circus tent, but stretched out. That's the fire for the rocket. It's red and a dark blue. And the fire, so the fire for the shuttle, it is actually a shuttle this time. It's not a rocket. Mm-hmm. It is. It does look like a very stretched out circus tent. Kind of like the Eiffel Tower almost. Yeah, it has that kind of shape. And then the rockets at the top, it's very small compared to the fire. The moon is the backdrop and there are like, how do you describe those stars? Eight pointed. They look kind of like a compass rose. Yeah, yeah, they're compass roses. And there are three blue ones and three red ones. And then Space Force underneath with a, it's a star in the middle, but a Mm five-pointed star, not a compass star. And I don't know, I don't really know how to describe the font. It's um, kind of militaristic, I guess. Yeah, It's but like space military. Yeah, Mm sci-fi military. (laughs) Do you have a name? I don't have a name. Uh, Do you have one? Mm, My best one is the 8-bit logo because it looks like on a lot of the other things i've been looking at it looks like it's 8-bit or it could easily be 8-bit okay it's, it looks like it could be pixelated down yeah let's do it 8-bit the next one is more like the old nasa logo i think not the new one but the old one it, mm, mm-hmm. it it's blue in the background and then there are red rings around the blue one and the rings look like they are part of the rockets or the shuttle's exhaust, I guess. Yeah, the, the, the chemtrails it it's went. leaving behind, and so and that goes up through the the cent- into the center of the circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are white stars in the background, and uh, it has that same militaristic font. In fact, it's the exact oh, same no. font. Oh no, Stephen! I just as... realized on the on the Illustrator logo, they're all five pointed stars. Yeah, oh man, I said that. I didn't hear that. That they're very, oh. yeah, they're the standard five point star. <laughs> it's very illustrator oh, okay i didn't even realize that it's just wow okay uh, the illustrator one makes me think like space force yay <laughs> it's like a t- children's tv show logo yeah. a- and anyway the the font it for the the one we're talking about now the fourth one is the same as the third one the uh 8-bit logo mm-hmm. except the there's a star in the o a five-point yeah. star compared to the, all the compass rose stars in the background so what are we going to call this one? I don't know. Oh, and I would like to mention that the 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 letters go over the rings and under the rings at different times. In a very pleasing way. It, it's very nice how the letters go over and under. I disagree, mm. but it also could be that I think they bump up against the edge of the circle too much. Yeah. Like the, the, e, the E in space, it looks like it's falling off. Mm-hmm. Crisscross? Because the rings crisscross one another crisscross logo so this next one is a blue shield mm-hmm. with a rocket not a shuttle looks like five pointed stars okay. but they're small it's um, it's less egregious they are small there's a ring and a the exhaust the fire goes down and fills up the bottom of the mm-hmm. shield except for a border yep and has the same font as the nasa logo yeah and then we've got or i suppose that's just shield yeah, shield, shield for sure. And then the last one is a red circle with some red trees on the ground, like on the lower part of the circle, and then some red hills, it looks like. And then there's a rocket taking off from the red ground up to the sky where it says Mars awaits. Or it's a shuttle, actually. 
under the circle, there is Space Force written out. In like Helvetica or something. Mm-hmm. Helvetica condensed, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. And that's the Mars Awaits logo. So now that we've we've given a detailed breakdown, do you have some thoughts? Okay, uh, yeah. Um, Zach, these are terrible. Really? I, I really dislike them all. <laughs> I think the Mars Awaits is the best one. Hmm. However, I don't think that it really uh, encompasses all it's supposed to be, this Space Force. Right. I think it's a really good like video game logo, Mars Awaits. Yes. I want the NASA one the least. Not be- of any design choice, but out of a respect for NASA. Interesting. I don't think we should use the Illustrator one because it's just so awful. It's so bad. It's so it's comical. Otherwise, uh... if you had to choose from this list, if you were something happened and you are now the president and somebody slaps these six on your desk <laughs> and says it's one of these six. Eight bit. Eight bit. I would go with okay. eight bit. Yeah. Even though even though the Mars awaits one is the best logo, it's not the best logo for what the Space Force is supposed to be, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know what the Space Force is supposed to be, but I don't think it's supposed to be a video game. I think the 8-bit is is good. It's probably my personal favorite. But I think if I were somewhere in a position of power making this decision, I would feel obligated to do the NASA logo. Just to remind people, hey, yeah. these are unified things. We've got NASA doing research and Space Force doing whatever Space Force does. And they work together. And then you, anytime you say space, it's that yellow triangle. And then there's a unified design language for Americans in space. It makes sense. But my favorite is still 8-bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think if you... I don't like the red and yellow. They're not bad colors. They just don't really work mm-hmm. for me. I, I think if you're going to do something like that, I think you should also redesign the NASA logo to be not blue and red, but to be blue and green or something. Oh, okay. Because it's not... It's giving NASA the... Heavy blue, light red color scheme is, it seems like a, um, hey, look, this is more important because these are the America mm-hmm. colors and these are some, these are some uh, communist colors. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's right. I am personally of opinion that NASA, the research branch of our space exploration should probably be stronger than whatever other branches, but. Okay, but that that wasn't the question, right? You said if you were actually going to be in this position of power. Yeah, right. What I'm saying is I think that NASA should have a position of more prominence. Well, from what I know about you, if you were the president, you would probably not have this Space Force in the first place. So we're going to assume that you have some amount, that this fantasy you has some amount of agreement with President Trump. On the notion of Space Force. Yeah, in in which case you would not give it, you would not give NASA the better Mm. colors. You could do, I don't know how it would look, but maybe you could do inverted. So NASA is blue and red and Space Force is red and blue. Also, if you're going to want a unified design language, you can't use the font, the two different fonts. Correct. I thought that NASA had that other font. No, no. NASA has the crossbar and the A. Because <laughs> it's a government organization, so it's got to have its serifs. <sighs> yep. Got to have your serifs. I, I think the serifs do nicely in this logo. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would look bad having the the space font all right well when zach's king of the world he'll be sure to implement all the good typography Mm -hmm. choices that is gonna be honestly my number one goal (laughs) i'm gonna make all the typography better and then i'm gonna step down because that's a lot of responsibility thank you so zach uh if you were king of the world you probably wouldn't have a whole lot of time for worrying bugs i'd make time steven I appreciate that, uh, but we would need to have some just some interviews, basically, with you. You might not be able to speak as freely as you would uh, as you currently yeah. are. Yes, that makes sense. We would have to conduct it more in a Q and A kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had a um, interview with a soy candle salesperson. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing inside my head about the concept of worrying bugs being state media for the all dictators act sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's great. Okay, so you yep. did an interview. I did an interview. I found myself at a farmer's market and someone was selling soy candles. And these are different from normal candles, which are made of something that I cannot remember because I didn't write it down. I took a voice recording of the interview and I might drop a few bits in if it makes sense to and the noise levels aren't too bad. Okay. But 
I was wondering, going into this, whether or not they were in the pocket of Big Soy. Gotcha. The same people who are uh, trying to tear down the food pyramid by feeding us lies mm. and such. And what I learned is there are a lot of benefits to soy candles over the non-soy candles, uh, including there is no black smoke. Oh. The candle will burn more consistently, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it will, the little puddle at the bottom won't appear because it all evaporates. Huh. That's cool. I'm going to go find me some. But wait, Zach, uh, this salesperson made me go off the record for this one. Really? So, Dang. No. Um, no, I just happened to, I thought the interview was over. <laughs> and so I turned off the, I, I turned off so the recorder. So she was waiting until you turned off the recorder is what happened. I think so. I think that's what's happening. Uh, so she didn't want to be identified saying this. She didn't want me to have any proof. Uh, the There are some negatives oh. to to soy candles uh one being that whatever color it is it will not stay that color once you start getting it hot oh the color will drain down faster than the wax will leave that's what i that's the impression i got so this brave individual uh spoke out against big soy in their own but like the scent will still carry through the whole way that's my impression yes i didn't get a chance to try it all right well that sounds like a, a good thing I did actual journalism. Yeah, congratulations. The first actual <laughs> journalism on this podcast. <laughs> I got one source, and the, I got half of the interview this recorded. Is, this is like really our <laughs> firsthand evidence podcast. Mm-hmm. I got an email from Tammy Baldwin. You yeah. did an interview. What is this podcast? Anymore? This is no longer two dudes talking. This is uh, reporting on issues. <laughs> but like not any important issues it's important to someone to big soy to big soy this is going to expose them (laughs) why don't colors stay in your candles physics this one crazy fact about soy candles will shock and amaze you and now a psa from the worrying bugs please do not touch the animals this has been a psa from the worrying bugs which animals zach the goat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're done. Uh, all of them at the state fair. You aren't supposed to touch any of them, and people still do. What were you doing at the state fair? Uh, mostly eating fried Oreos. That's the main reason to go to the state fair. Correct. Also grilled cheese. They have good grilled cheese there if you're in Wisconsin. Mm, makes sense. The only thing I can think about now is uh, spending too much time watching uh, old America's Funniest Home Videos clips where children uh, tried to interact with various types of petting zoo animals and them not enjoying the result. Ah, the only time I ever watched America's Funniest Home Videos was in math class because the math teacher would put it up on the board once we got done with our work. Education. Wahoo! Much like the food pyramid, it's mostly to make everyone feel better. Um, the food pyramid does not make me feel better. I am probably lactose intolerant, and that is not a good feeling. While I was in math class, though, and doing that work, I needed pens and pencils and things to write down my answers. And that writing down the answers is what really got me started and thinking about, like, the pens that I have in my life and the pencils that I use. And now I, we've, we've mostly got those kind of things sorted, right? You've got your pencil, your go-to mechanical pencil, and your go-to pocket pen. And I've got that, too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's still stuff for us to talk about and for us to think about. And we haven't really talked about the tools we're using very much. So mostly I just want to do a check-in and see, like right now, is there something on your mind that you're thinking, wow, if I could get a free whatever. Oh, Zach, That would I have a list. solve all the problems I have. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I've been thinking a lot about these side projects that I have, and they are things that i get to share with other people they're i mean you can just go to my website it it's all right at the top got your blog i make apps i make podcasts i make videos i write little white papers so for writing i i'm pretty good i have pens i have pencils i have keyboards i have all these things to help me with writing Mm -hmm. i have all the tools the other things that i do though like podcasts and videos i'm these headphones that i'm using uh i have bose quiet comfort they're not the newest generation but the generation before Mm -hmm. that i think and the ear things are like the foam is coming out of them okay yeah so 
I think headphones might be my next Can you just thing. get replacement foam for those? Not that I've found, but uh-huh. I haven't looked very hard either. So is that the thing that would, like, solve the most of your frustrations if you got... No, not, mm. not by a long shot, but it is the most urgent because the foam <laughs> is falling out. Which one would solve the most frustrations? Uh, okay, either, either a microphone or Logic Pro. Mm. Right now I'm using Audacity, and it is so frustrating yeah. sometimes. Because you'll do something and it'll be like, you'll think it didn't hear you, because sometimes it actually doesn't hear you do this key command or whatever but then so you try it again and then audacity does them both at the same time and that's not what you wanted so you have to undo it and undo takes a long time and then you want to scroll over because the undo scrolled you back and then and then it's just a huge pain and i'm hoping that a more professional tool will solve those Mm. issues microphone is in the same vein this is a i have a blue snowball and it's just a large condenser mic and it just sucks in all of the sound my voice and all the background stuff yeah so i'm looking into a different microphone as well all right cool what about you zach what is going to solve all your problems once you have it oh solve all my problems does like a crate full of gold count as a tool (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say no i'm gonna veto that well the thing i've been thinking about most recently is i need something on my wrist for the reasons of I don't want to look at my phone first thing in the morning when I wake up. I want to have something that can buzz me on my wrist and say, hey, it's time to wake up. And I found Hmm. myself more often recently looking down and like not having my phone, but wanting to know what time it is. Okay. And so I think something like that would be good. Um, But then if I'm going to have a piece of technology on my wrist, I also want something that does NFC and that can like track my exercises and that kind of thing. Okay. So you're going to transition to the Apple ecosystem. That seems like the only option. It's really upsetting. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, the only thing that can really do those things is the Apple Watch. And I think a Fitbit Mm -hmm. would also suit your purposes. Yeah, Fitbit is about the only other option. And that's a very closed ecosystem, a lot like Apple. Fortunately for you, though, Fitbit does not make a laptop. And that is not a requirement. Yes. (laughs) So I think that's, that's the thing that I've been considering most recently is that i want something to put on my wrist all right if we go to the fitbit website there are a bunch of different Mm -hmm. models there's the versa i ionic charge 2 and the alta hr right only two of them like look like watches Mm -hmm. all of them display the time though which is the i don't care if it has a billion apps no uh, from a style standpoint though do you care if it looks like a watch not particularly all right then what does it need to have? Like, what are the minimum requirements and what are some, like, uh, deciding factors for you? Well, the minimum requirements are it should have a screen so I can just look down at my wrist and see what time it is, whether that's a little okay. LED screen or a full-size rectangle. Does it need to be always on or can it, like, turn on when you look at your wrist? It needs to be easy to look at, but I don't care if I need to twist my wrist a little bit to get it to wake up. Okay. Like I said, I want it to be able to wake me up, which I think all of the Fitbits can do. I think so, too. And then I want to be able to tap to pay. Oh, can Fitbit do that? Some Fitbits can. Interesting. All right. But I think it's just the two that look like watches. You can get the Versa Plus or the Ionic. All right. Well, uh, the Versa is 199 and the Ionic is 250 or 249 mm-hmm. I pretty much only tolerate notifications because i get them on my wrist if i ever have to not have my watch on then i just don't receive notifications okay i want to know more about how you think you would want to handle something like that Uh, what's your notification situation right now and how do you think that's going to change i haven't considered that that's not the reason i'm i'm looking at it but it's going to happen right it's yeah Right now, I let a lot of them build up, like especially I'll try and get through all of them every morning, like when I'm waking up and having breakfast and stuff, I'll try and respond to everyone and get all of that squared away. And then throughout the day, stuff just kind of comes in and I don't deal with it until I have a moment to sit down. Hmm. But it's not a problem if it's up in the notification bar. And you, I assume it just vibrates your pocket? Yep. No sounds or anything? And I think maybe some like quick, hey, are you there texts? I could respond to faster. 
but that's not the main use case I'm thinking about. Do you think that having a watch that will remind you, hey, you're not moving enough, will benefit your life? Yeah, I think so. Think you're going to respond to it, I guess, is what I meant? I think I'm going to enjoy, like, Apple has the circles. I'm going to enjoy filling up the mm-hmm. circles at the end of the day, whether the hourly, make sure you stand up right now, I respond to or not. I'm less sure. Oh, yeah, those <laughs> those are very much mm-hmm. off. I do not get stand notifications every hour. God, how do you people <laughs> deal with it? Did you have anything else in mind for the tools check-in? Um, well, I was going to ask what tool would be the worst if you were without it, but I think for both of us, that's our laptops. Not so much recently, to be honest. Um, I mean, I haven't been using my laptop all that much. Uh, it's been a lot of just writing whenever I get the chance. I, I've had a pretty hectic couple mm-hmm. of weeks. But yeah, uh, in general, my laptop is where I do all my schoolwork, all studying and stuff like that. So once school starts up again, laptop is invaluable. But when I'm just working on side projects and I have an idea, then I'll just write it down in drafts on my phone or on my Mm -hmm. iPad. So for right now, it would be your phone? Yeah, yeah. But um, very soon, laptop will quickly overtake that position. Okay, how do I even explain how this came about? I have some questions for you, Zach. Um, I was looking through on Reddit. I was looking for privacy settings just to make sure that I wasn't revealing anything about my profile that I wasn't sure about. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see what it was, what it, what my account looked like from an outside's perspective, not from my own. So I just went to your account to see what your account looked like, and I saw you were the moderator uh-huh. of a subreddit yeah. called uh, Could Be Weasel. It's C-U-D-B-Weasel. Right, yeah. You'd... So Could be Weasel. <laughs> so what's going on, Zach? What, why is, um, what is this, first of all? Uh, it's a subreddit. Uh-huh. What, why does it exist? Well... To consolidate all of the could-be-weasel memes into a single subreddit. And who is making these memes? You know, people on the internet. Okay. Because all of these posts are by you. At least two people, uh, for sure, make could-be-weasel memes. One being you. One being me, and the other being the guy who I know who came up with it. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so I'm definitely going to link to this in the show notes, (laughs) because it's just... Well, we were having a discussion on memeology in my, on my floor, the mm-hmm. honors floor, full of honors students who had, like, above-average GPAs and stuff, and we started talking about memes, and somebody decided to make a meme, and they decided the meme would be, could be Weasel. So the original one is at the very bottom of the subreddit right now, uh, and it's, it's just an acknowledgement that these three animals could be Weasels. Right. A while ago, we had a an out of time on on memes Mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit about uh, the absurdist humor that is so common in memes yeah this i think falls into that i think until i think the meta humor of it is but i think it is valid as a meme that something could be i think so too i think it is a uh it's definitely a valid form of humor i just which at which at which level does it stop being ironic absurdism i think a quantum weasel hmm. is when I, I i started at the bottom and went yeah. up but i once i got to quantum weasel i started thinking of more i started thinking of it as more of a uh established thing because this is this is the quantum weasel one is a meta kind of post mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't follow the the um the form of the other ones right look this is a picture of a thing it could be a weasel this one is definitely a picture of a weasel but it might also not be a picture of a weasel yeah because the weasel could be dead mm-hmm. i was really proud of this i spent a long time in adobe illustrator making this <laughs> i'm just uh, so, i'm more surprised about the fact that i never stumbled upon this Ah. I never thought to look at the subreddits you moderate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, listeners, you should really check this out. Um, everyone subscribe. Mm-hmm. It's it's an important meme. It's an up-and-coming meme. It's, it's on the rise. Uh, if you have submissions, 
if you have could be weasel memes mm-hmm. the the major issue with it is that you can't uh you can't submit it to a you can't submit just one of them i should say to a like meme subreddit or a, like meme economy uh-huh because it's the it's the that there's a collection of them yes the collection makes it funny right so you it's hard to get people involved unless they already know that it's a meme and you can't know that it's already a meme unless they stumble upon this page which is why we need to right. start boosting the seo mm-hmm. uh i've already got a click farm going um just constantly <laughs> running making sure that it gets to the top of the google pages for anytime anyone types the word weasel in we're trying to overtake wikipedia right now it's not going well especially considering <laughs> we spell weasel wrong <laughs> Oh god, this poor this poor meme. I legitimately think it's very funny. The more people submit to it, the funnier it gets, and that's the best part of it. Mm-hmm. It's also a hard it's a hard meme. It's a hard thing to create. You have to think of something funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like Success Kid when it's just a story on a format. This is like mm-hmm. you have to sit down and try to make a meme. You have to consider I think probably the easiest, like the easiest to just roll off the mind was already taken with the the Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it, maybe as Weasel. The newest one submitted three hours ago mm-hmm. uh, could be Weasel. Very, very clever. Thank you. I had a, well, actually one of our mutual friends, I knew he had a Nintendo Wii, so I... I was like, hey, can I ask a favor? And he was like, you're really weird. And then I sent this image to him. Well, he sent the image to me and I sent it back to him with text. And he said, mm-hmm. you're really weird again. Did you send him to the subreddit? No. Well, then it's not funny. <laughs> no wonder he d- th- thought you were weird. If any of you have any good could be weasel memes, be sure to post them in Reddit R could be weasel. Be sure to post them mm. in the subreddit, the Worrying Bug subreddit, and tweet them at me. I'm at the puns guy. And if you want to recommend any ways for me to have a less awful time trying to be ergonomic, let me know. I'm at not Stephen Barry. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.